You listen to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry, with you once again. And on this episode, I'll be sharing some perspectives on the crazy week it's been as we examine the housing market in New York City and some other challenges that uh, middle and lower income people are facing as we come out of this pandemic. I'll be right back. So good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all folks all over the world that uh, support my podcast. Welcome once again to another episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast. It is uh, just uh, about 33 minutes after 9 p.m. Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. I hope all of you had a great week since my last episode. It's been a busy one for me. I'm actually... Uh, remodeling my home studio so that I can start filming in it because I mentioned a few times and I'll start to mention it more and more that 247 Real Talk podcast will soon be available, at least some of the podcasts, uh, some of the episodes on a certain TV network and you'll get more information as time goes by and I get closer to the actual launch. So... It's been an interesting week in New York City. Um, not that something specifically happened this week, but you know, there's been conversations all week long about housing in New York City and what's going on. And so I'm gonna be gonna talk a little bit about that, and I'm gonna share with you uh, an experience that I'm personally going through or went through recently, or I'm going through actually. So the thing that sparked my interest in this conversation was hearing that rents in, in Manhattan and, and, and some other, you know, Brooklyn are some 30% higher than the pre-COVID levels. And the problem here is that, you know, COVID was an extended uh, pandemic, you know, at least for our experiences. Huh? It was two years before, you know, we could even talk or, or use the word uh, re-emerging, um, or emerging from. And so during that time, every every business struggled, and so did landlords. So to fill up their spaces, people were leaving, people were, I understand it may seem like, well, how could landlords really, you know, what's the big deal? I mean, people living in their apartments, you know, what's the issue? Well, there were so many dynamics during COVID. One of the biggest ones is, you know, we, we need to remember that at one point we were losing close to a thousand people a day to COVID in New York City. There were a lot of empty apartments um, that landlords filled by offering lower, more attractive rents to people in Manhattan and places where people probably dreamed of living but could never afford before. So, you know, the landlord's got to make money. The, the, you know, someone sees a good deal and they've got to get an apartment and they always want to live in Manhattan and all the different dynamics that make up all the different decisions that, that cause people to move there at the end of their lease where they are. You know, it, it looks like a great, 
you know, a great choice. And, you know, they're figuring that they get the apartment at a good rate and they're sort of, you know, good for a while. But a lot of those apartments can go right back to market value once the once the economy or once once COVID is quote unquote so called over. And that's what's happening right now and even beyond. So people are, you know, living their lives and, and finally living their dreams if, if Manhattan is their dream or, or the shoreline of Brooklyn or something. And all of a sudden their lease is up and they go for renewal and the renewed lease amounts is fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars more than their current rent, and that is what the landlords are citing as market value. The problem here is that now you now everyone who got that opportunity to live in these apartments, then they're leaving. And you might say, "Well, what's, you know, why is that a problem?" Well, you know, there's many things wrong with that. To me, I understand the landlords have to make money. I understand they have buildings to to maintain, but to to raise a rent fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars is is greed, as far as I'm concerned. And then now we have a crisis again because where are all these people going? Brooklyn rents have become impossible. Even Queens rents went up, and you know. When when people moved in the two years to Manhattan, if they had children who were, you know, the children might have relocated their schools. There are a lot of things that go into moving, you know, than just getting up and moving. But it also seems like if the pandemic had continued in the state that it was, the the landlords would have been happy to, to get the rent they were getting. But there seems to be no midpoint. There seems to be no empathy. You know, we we seem to be a society that's so uncaring, that's so after the almighty buck that we'll step on our own mothers or fathers or, or brothers or sisters to get to where we're going. We don't care about the casualties in the way. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, poor finances or, or being financially foolish. I'm talking about, you know, having some kind of understanding for situations that are still ongoing there are people still losing relatives to covid to, you know this day and there are people still getting sick from sick from covid there as i've said before in my episodes there are so many households that lost a breadwinner there are many households that lost both branded breadwinners you know there's scenarios where both parents died and, and there's a child that's 18 years old and they're a bunch of other siblings, and all of a sudden that child has to become the head of the household. That 18-year-old who's no longer a child, but still they're, they're a child to a certain extent, right? I mean, when we're 18, we think we're big and grown, and as we grow older, we find out how much we weren't. And the thing is that 18-year-old now has to you know, forego college, forego any dreams, to, to go find a job wherever it is, and to try and pay the rent and keep the roof over the head for their siblings because there's no other, you know, they're it. Now imagine if you have someone like that in the situation where they have a rent renewal and their rent raises $1,500 to $2,000. That's, and the landlords are doing this too because they want to push certain people out. They want to push people out to get, to get the lifestyle of rich and famous back in their buildings, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's so unfair. We, you know, we want to grow as a society. We want to grow as people. We want to be continue to hold that respect in the world. And New York City is New York City, and to and to see how greedy people are. So, I'm you know, it, it bothered me because 
I have to wonder how many lives would be disrupted. I heard people saying they're going to, you know, when their lease is up, they're going to move back in with their parents. Moving out from their parents was a step of independence that needed to have a prolonged time to it. So you can, you know, you can surely, but, you know, slowly but surely become independent at that age or, or, you know, or whenever you leave the parents' house. But to have to return because of, you know, this, this, this behavior by landlords is, is ridiculous. I mean, we already have the issue where people are struggling to have to return because of student loans. And that's something that actually can be fixed without an individual action because the federal government can fix that, right? They can wipe out student loans and restart the clock and have set a new set of rules for the new student loans and and set up in a manner that benefits society and and all is well well the same thing here you, you know you're 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 using the same uncaring attitude with human beings people who have children and elderly parents and all of that who are living in these apartments now have to give up on that dream of where they wanted to live and they have to go find accommodations elsewhere um that are still high. That are still pretty expensive. They're not. It's not like a huge difference in in you know in 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 going you know in going from borough to borough. So, you know, I, it's kind of like I want to call on us as a people to to start. We have we have to start looking out for each other. We have to. I mean, again, I understand we all have to live, but we've gotten into such a capitalist place that. Yo, know, we will we will kill our, our our closest relative to to get ahead, and it's ridiculous because we shouldn't feel that way. Number one, and we shouldn't be in a society that supports that kind of thinking because it's uncaring. A country that has become uncaring, a country that now cares more for foreigners and for people who are you know fighting wars halfway around the world than for the people who live in the, in in the nation that you know pay taxes and 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 go to school and work hard so that they can make this country to continue to be great. So in in this you know in this conversation about housing i wanted to talk about my own uh situation i wanted to share that with you because a lot of what i share with you at times is, is from conversations with people and what other people say but this is what i'm saying this was my experience i purchased a house during covid and it was probably the best financial decision i made and it was the best decision for my family for now, at least for this episode, I don't know if in future episodes I'm going to get that upset that I'm going to name the place that I lived. But let's just say the, 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 the I lived in a gated community in an apartment. I lived in three different apartments in that gated community for a total of 26 years. This this last time in, you know, was the final time when I left and I, and I bought a home and I was able to leave for good. So a few months, maybe two months or less after leaving, I got a letter in the mail. And the landlord wanted $2,600 from me in damages. But let's, you know, let's, let's talk about damages. So the apartment walls were white. The rule is if you paint the walls, you better paint it back white before you leave. You cannot change the color of the walls. I lived in that particular apartment for 10 to 11 years. So the walls were a little dingy, huh? But they were white. So they decided they wanted to charge me something like $700 for paint. Now, let, let's, I, want you to, I want you to follow through what I'm saying here in, you know, in, in steps so 
you get the full gist of this. So $700 in paint means that they want, they, they have decided that for some odd reason, oh, and by the way, the landlord is responsible for painting the apartment. So in the 10 or 11 years I was there, I was entitled to a paint job every three months. I didn't take the paint job because it's, it's just a very disruptive thing. So I did my best to keep the walls clean. I didn't ask them to come in and paint the place before I left for two reasons. Number the, the number one, that's I think that's pretty stupid if I'm leaving because they're going to have the empty apartment. But the bigger reason was it was in the middle of COVID. So asking people to come in and do that kind of work is just not the way to go. So that's the first part, $700 they wanted for paint. When I moved into that apartment, you know, I think it was 2009, 2010, sometime around then, it was supposed to be what they call a deluxe apartment. When I went into the bathroom, the tub was pristine white. But over the course of the next two years, I noticed, noticed, I noticed that the, club, the tub started to peel. So I contacted the maintenance and they said, oh no, it's, it's not a new tub, it's a resurfaced tub. I said, but wait a minute, you guys charged me for a deluxe apartment, you couldn't replace the tub. No, it's okay, we'll send someone to resurface it. So they sent the company in to resurface it. It wasn't a perfect job, but it looked pretty much, it looked pretty good when it was done. Fast forward another three years, it's peeling again. Call them again, of course. They sent someone to resurface it again. So basically, once you resurface the tub, there's a level of maintenance that seems to be needed around every three years. So at the time I moved out, I took pictures, thankfully, you know, I did. The tub had a bit of peeling that had started but they decided that I owed them $416 for an entire new tub. In the kitchen, when they, when they did this so-called deluxe apartment, they put the tiles down on a, in the kitchen on a floor that was not smooth. So over time, simply walking on the floor with uneven tiles caused them to crack. There was a time when they were supposed to come in and replace all the tiles. They agreed that they need to replace all the tiles, but they decided they wanted to do this at Christmas, and that I would have to take all my stove and fridge and everything and put it in my living room so that they could do this for Christmas. I said, no, I'm not doing that for Christmas. It's Christmas. And it never got rescheduled. Again, in the kitchen, they have these, I guess we call them commercial or, or, or build-a-grade cabinets, and they're kind of like pressed board. And if you ever have one those cabinets in your kitchen, you know that they have those kind of spring hinges that eventually, with enough opening and closing, kind of gets you know, either get slack or, or, or break their way out of the pressed board. I did many things. when This happened to one cupboard, and I did many things to fix it. And eventually, when I was moving out, it came loose again. So it has one cupboard that the door came loose that was hanging a lower cupboard, and I, I don't remember all the numbers, but basically they're charging me for all the coverage in the kitchen. About two years prior to moving, my microwave went out. They came, they took pictures, they looked at it, they ascertained that it was not my fault, it wasn't damaged, that it had stopped working. They came and put a brand new microwave in. After moving out in that 2500 they charged me for a new microwave. So the bill gets like $2,500, and, and they, this was back when I moved in 2019, yes, was it 2020, 2020. And 
uh, December 2020. And so I, 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 at that time, I, I want to make sure I get this right. There was a manager there and I spoke with the manager because I had to speak with them about breaking my lease as well because I was a couple of months short of renewal when I, when I closed my home. As a part of these conversations going back and forth, I said to them over the phone, I said, hey, you know, can we do a walkthrough of the apartment so we could ascertain this condition, you know, because I need to know. And I needed to know because I had spoken to the previous tenants who left. You know, we remained friends and they said, it's great to live there, but the minute you have to leave, they try to get you. They go after you. And they have a team of lawyers. So I asked for this, this walkthrough and I didn't get a response. So after I hadn't heard for a couple of days, I asked for a walkthrough again in writing. So let's 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 lay this out correctly, okay? That's like, you know, um, I'm selling you my car. And you say, well, you say, well, you know what, I need to I need to come and see the car. And I said, I ignore you. And then you go, you know, you go to get the car and you come and you say, well, the car is badly damaged. And the point I'm getting to here, maybe that's not the best analogy, but the point I'm getting to here is that the walkthrough is the request that makes sure that all parties are on the same page. They never honored my walkthrough request, but they charged, they wanted $2,500. Luckily, I had taken pictures when I left, and all, and, and so I sent all these pictures to the people I was dealing with at the time, the management people from where I was. Now, let, let me jump in and say this. Let me, let me sort of um, add this to the, to the picture so you get a clear picture. The place I lived, whenever someone moved out, they never fixed anything. They, especially someone who's living there for 10 years, they completely remodeled everything. You know, they want higher rents, so they would, it would you know completely gut the apartments, new bathrooms, new cabinets, tall cabinets, granite countertops, things that I didn't have when I moved in there. So I have a neighbor that I made friends with, and the neighbor went in, and the neighbor took pictures of what was going on, and basically they gutted the apartment. You know everything new. Not they didn't fix what they're charging me for. They went ahead with what their their plan as usual, and they gutted the entire apartment. And, oh, they charged me. They were charging me. I forgot how much it was as well for. I put a second lock on the front door because the the the, the apartment came with one lock and they had a key, and so I felt you know for my security I put a second lock on the door. They even changed the door, and they didn't change the door because it had a hole from the second lock. They have these new doors that work with key fobs. So instead of having a regular conventional key, they give you a key fob. You walk up to your door, you pass the key fob over the door, and the door opens. Obviously, that's a risk again because they can obviously walk into your apartment anytime they want. So the you know, to make a long story short, these people are charging me almost so they were charging me under twenty five hundred dollars. We had these conversations. I sent them pictures. I explained my position. I told them that they didn't honor the walkthrough. I heard nothing more. This was early twenty twenty one. Here we are in twenty twenty two. Last week I get an email followed by a letter. Thirty day notice. You owe us twenty five hundred dollars. So here we go again. When I looked at the names on it, this is all brand new people. 
So obviously they changed all their staff and they and they the staff went through the files and started going after people from two years ago, not having any knowledge of the situation. But I'd be interesting to hear from my from my followers and from my my supporters. Uh, you know what 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 is and I'm sure I have people who are, who are landlords and people who are tenants in my audience. What is your take on on on, on my story? What do you feel like is the responsibility of a tenant? If the tenant asks the landlord for a walkthrough together, both in, in verbally and in writing, because the last thing that the, they were charging me for, they were charging me $1,000 for carpet. Now, when I moved in there, the, the lease said I had to cover the floor with, with floor coverings for uh, noise abatement. It didn't specify that you can or cannot use wall-to-wall carpet, which is what I did. It didn't say anywhere that when you left, you were responsible for removing the carpet. And while they did say that you were responsible for returning the apartment in the condition that you rented it, remember I mentioned earlier that I had lived in three different apartments. So as I moved from one apartment to the other and I, and I went to another apartment that I paid more rent in, I left the other apartment with carpet in it. They never said a thing. So obviously the carpet was not a problem until I decided to move out. However, if they had honored my walkthrough and we had gone through the apartment, they said to me, you have to remove this carpet or you'll be charged for it. Then obviously, even though it wasn't a problem before, I would have been duly notified and I would have made that happen. So they're trying to charge me $1,000 to remove wall to wall, which is ridiculous. I've worked in buildings and houses before where there was carpet. You know, you get a, a sharp utility knife and you can take all that carpet up in, in, in 20 minutes. So the point I'm making is, you know, you want to feel empathy for landlords. And, and here we are two years later and they're coming after me again. And now I'm explaining the same story to a whole set of brand new people who don't care. So there's a good, you know, I'm hoping and praying that after I've explained my case, which I did again, I'm hoping and praying that, that this set of people, and I know it's a far reach, but that they actually have some level of morals and ethics in them. And they look at, I sent them the emails and, and that I sent in writing to the previous management saying, hey, you know, I'm asking for a walkthrough. And I'm hoping that they have some level of integrity that they realize that number one, that it was their fault because they didn't honor the agreement. But number two, you can't charge you for paint on the walls when you're responsible for painting it and you and you didn't have to. You actually save money by not having to paint it every three years. You can't charge me for a brand new tub because it's peeling when you gave me a tub that peels every by every third year. You can't charge me for tiles on the floor that were cracking up when you didn't do the installation properly. You can, you shouldn't be charging me for anything because basically. If you decide to gut the apartment, which you did, and put all the new bells and whistles, so you're probably charging a new tenant an arm and a leg, then going after me for money means that you're asking me to pay for your renovation because you didn't fix any of the things that you're charging me for. So it is hard. You know, I, I see the, the, the position of landlords that we go back to the situation, as I mentioned, in the city, in, in New York City and in Brooklyn, and these places where they say, you know, I went through a pandemic for for two years. I had to rent my apartment for under market value, and now I need to rent my apartment for, for market value now that things are so-called back to normal. 
but back to normal for whom? We, we listen every day and we hear about people who are leaving their jobs in droves to go to other companies that are offering remote jobs because everybody figured out the value of working remotely. But that number actually pales in comparison to the size of the population. So the rest of the people are people who went back to their normal jobs who have not seen a raise in years. So where are they exactly going to get this money from? They got to move from where they were, involuntarily, so to speak, and then go find someplace else that, that now had all the, everywhere, every borough has raised their prices over the apartment. And the only thing that has not changed, the only constant there is their salary, no increase. And what makes it even worse, some of these families, like I said, lost their breadwinner. They lost all the family members. They're, they're hurting financially, emotionally, mentally, and no one cares. No, the officials don't care. The, 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 the government, the United States, I'm sorry, I'm going beyond New York City now, but it's because it, it comes back, and I'm always going to tie this, and it comes back to the same deal with student loans. The burden of the hundreds or over some people, over $1,000 a month they have to pay in student loans. Nothing has happened since the pandemic to allow, to allow people to be able to, 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 to compensate for that, to get a you know, higher salary. To, that, that's, that's a few people. These numbers they're throwing at us pale in comparison to the amount, the 43 plus million people who are struggling with student loans. There are probably you know, several million, two million out of eight or 11 in New York City who are struggling with, with having to give up their homes and, the, and, and knowing that when the lease comes to the end, their home comes to the end. I say all this to say, you know, we continue to live like we're oblivious to what's going on. I get frustrated sometimes when I talk to people about the, the conversation I have in my podcast and they look at me like they have no clue what I'm talking about. They live in a bubble. They live in a bubble because, and it's not something that they purposely do many of them. They live in a bubble because their first and foremost fight is survival each and every day. Things come up that are, that are unexpected, especially when you have children. And people have, like I said, in many industries have not received a dime in increase, but everything else is going up. Look at the price of gas. It was dropping a little bit. Now it's back up again cost of transportation. In New York, we're dealing with safety in the subways and, and slashings and knifings and shootings every single day. It seems like people, went, people came out of COVID and went crazy. And unfortunately, the victims seem to be young children now, 13-year-old girls and 12-year-old boys are being shot and killed. Some of them brutally with blown, you know, shot a point blank you know, in the head. Some of them, there's a whole lot of crimes and carjackings and robberies and people look at each other on the subway and one person figures the other, why is he looking at me? And they slice him up with a box cut. I mean... You know, I don't understand where we're going, but we're going there at 100 miles per hour. And we don't even seem to have brakes to put, you know, to, or to have the, the, the ability to put brakes on this to stop our own destruction. When we talk about 247 Real Talk podcast, this is real talk. I have friends of mine who have to take the subway every day to go to work. You understand, they're, they're petrified. Now, do you understand when someone has to get up and go, into, go to work every day, forget about the job, 
just the traveling to the job, they, they do so in fear. What do you think this is doing to them psychologically? And then it's not unfounded fear because every day I get the alerts on my phone. On this episode, I didn't read you the alerts, but every day I get the alerts on my phone and, 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 and you know, the alerts say, this person stabbed, this person shot, this person wounded. Let me see here. I, I, I will indulge you for a second and see if I can, what today's headlines looked like. I don't think I deleted them as yet, so... They're possibly here. So let's see. Um, let's see how active the day was. We're going to go back to this morning. Uh, well, I usually read you two days. So let's go back to yesterday at 6.47 a.m. So let's see what they, at, at 7.48 a.m. yesterday, group sought after girl stabbed Woman pepper sprayed in Lower Manhattan. 8.18 a.m. Bronx clerk uses flower tool to fend off knife point robber. 8.50 a.m. Woman escapes captor who forced her out of a subway in Queens in a Queen sex attack. Uh, 9.28 a.m. Suspect slashes man watching him playing video slot machine in Brooklyn. Uh, and here. This was not in New York, but I'll still say it. You know, two brothers charged in killing New Jersey grandmother during her birthday party. Back to... New York, uh, 11.30 a.m., gunman shoots 40, man 41 in leg during dispute in Brooklyn. Uh, yesterday at 12.15 p.m., man 38 stabbed during fight outside Queens Lounge. Uh... Then that the next one was a car accident, so I won't go after that. Yesterday at three fifteen p.m., man sought in separate groping incidents on Bronx streets. Uh, where are we? To seven twenty-seven a.m. this morning, man stabs Bronx laundromat worker customer while trying to steal cash register. a.m., chaos as group beats up carjacks driver after crashing into his van outside Bronx Mall. 10.30 a.m., armed suspect asks victim for directions in Bronx attempted robbery. At 12.34 p.m., suspects target rob woman in wheelchair in Queens Street. 1.15 1.15 p.m., two men wounded in separate Harlem shootings. No arrests. 1.35 p.m., man wanted for grab, grabbing 16-year-old girl's buttocks in the Bronx. 1.50 p.m., duo ambushes, ambushes beats man 34 in Bronx robbery attempt. 3.01 p.m., thief forces driver to withdraw cash, breaks his jaw, after Upper East Side crash.
five was it five p.m. Queen's purse snatcher robs three women in ten days. And this, you know, I think, yeah, that's close to what it ended there. So what I just read to you was just two days worth of what's going on. And that's still, I'm sure, not every single thing. That's as much as, as, as you know, that particular 10-10 wins reports. In the, in, in the, in the bigger picture of, of, of real talk and real life, it still bothers me that we just don't get it. We're not getting it. We are continuing to live in a manner that is that that is taking out our own lives. We're continuing to live in a manner with each other that without any empathy, without any care. I don't understand what happened out of COVID. I know people were locked up in the house for a long time, but they, they just come out and decide they had to go on a crime spree. And I'm saying this also for you to understand that people are struggling financially. People are struggling mentally. People are returning to work after being home for two years and having to deal with workplaces now that have dropped all the all the all the uh, pandemic precautions. A lot. I mean, my job and many other jobs they're just existing like COVID never happened. Some of us wear masks, like I do. Some don't. They're talking about these other various that are running rampant, but who cares? Uh, I read something just now where Dr. Fauci was saying something about the rising cases in New York again, but nobody cares. I get on there's a federal law that still says transportation has to, people who are using transportation like the Long Island Railroad have to wear masks, but every morning I get on there and I would say at least at least 60% of the people don't have masks. The conductors and the ticket collectors have masks, but I can understand them not wanting to tell people to put masks on because that usually results in ignorance on the fight. So people are struggling with that. We have not yet dealt with, you know, you have a, you know unfortunately we've, we've, we live in a time where every so often there's mass shootings. And one of the things that happens in mass shootings many times is that people get shot and killed. And one of the things that the that the the government or the police department or the local government, whatever, they, one of the things they do is they have counselors there for the survivors, for the victims' families, all these things to make sure that these people can mentally make it through this this ordeal. Well, have we examined the state of mind of many people who came out of COVID alive? Did they lose loved ones? Did they get so lonely and cooped up that they that they are not the same? How do we know what we've unleashed back on the world? We, I, I haven't heard the budget yet or anyone mention the fact that there needs to be counseling probably for anybody who needs it, not in the normal sense of it, but in a, in a targeted and proactive way where money is put at it to make sure there are enough counselors and people, there's enough outreach and encouragement because obviously something is very wrong. I, I, I once like I one time mentioned to my audience and I said, you know, the crime that's going on now in New York City makes me remember the the eighties, but it's worse. And while we go through all of this, while we're scared to go on the trains, while we're dealing with the expense of gas and and and, and food, I think I mentioned to you too that I, I went to the store to buy a twenty four bottle case of no frills water and it was seven dollars and sixteen cents. I mean, you know, 
How are we supposed to survive? Same salaries. Now you're gonna get you you you're gonna dangle student loans in front of us by shifting the months and saying, okay, you know that means nothing to us. We appreciate the fact that we're getting a break, but in 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 during the break, everybody's fighting. I'm sure to get themselves to a better place to pay off these student loans, and people can't get work that's that has that's equal to the money. Yeah, there may be tons of jobs out there, but they're not tons of jobs that people can make a proper living at or the proper living with, with the income. Who's paying attention to that? So far, I think I heard we spent $3.7 billion in billion, that's with a B, in Ukraine between humanitarian aid and weapons. And you're still telling me that to save the American citizen, your own charity begins at home. You're still telling me that you cannot wipe out student loans because Democrats and Republicans can't agree. The same Democrats and Republicans that we elected there, the same Democrats and Republicans that we put there to make our lives better, to fight for the people, to fight to make our lives better, to enact laws that, 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 that creates a quality of life and creating an environment that we can afford to survive in, that we can not only just survive, but we can thrive, that we can live. So many of us are not living. We're existing. We go through these routines every day. And when we're done at the end of the day, we get back to our homes. We, we, we're barely making it. We can't even stop along the way and buy something sometimes because we have to wonder if I buy it today, you know, will I need this money tomorrow for a bill? I don't think anyone in local or federal government realized the the, the 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 catastrophe that is COVID, and the and the resulting catastrophes of that of that of that pandemic. The pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain, the financial struggles. Now it's a free for all. Landlords raising rents like they're crazy. You know, coming after people after two years for something that they failed to do, but they because they've got a team of lawyers, they feel they can crush everybody. We learned nothing as a people from the pandemic. We watched in New York City almost a thousand people die a day. Whether you had someone in your family or knew someone that died or didn't, just watching the news, just hearing about the eighteen wheeler. Uh, refrigerated trucks that were packed with bodies because there was nowhere else to put the dead. We watched entire an entire generation in New York City being wiped out because it, that 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 thousand people a day was mostly made up of the elderly. So if if we didn't completely get there, we were very close. An entire generation of people was wiped out of New York City. We saw more funerals on Zoom than we'd ever seen in our lives. Every time we picked up a paper, we went to the news, we, we spoke to a friend, we heard of somebody else that died. Yet after all of that, we, do, we still don't realize or recognize or behave like we understand how fragile life is, how, how much of a gift it is. And whether you believe or not, for me, it's a gift from God. And it's a gift that is meant to be used to lift our brothers and sisters, to help each other, to be, to be sympathetic and empathetic to each other, to find ways to, to lift each other up so they can reach our levels or beyond. 
not to create systems that create greater segregation and, 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 and greater uh, disparities in, in, in wealth so that somebody, again, can stand at the top of the mountain after the, 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 um, the pandemic is so-called over and proclaim how much wealthier they got while the streets are filled with people sleeping on the streets because they're homeless and because they're scared to go to shelters because that's where rapes and murders and, and things that are not supposed to happen happen. Most homeless people you speak to will tell you they'll go to the shelter in the day for a meal, but to stay there at night is, is, is suicide. And yet we fail to see what's going on here. We, we act like we're oblivious to it. This is why I call on my listeners all the time to share this podcast. Nothing to do with finances. It has to be an awakening. It has to create an awareness. And I haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg yet. Because a lot of things that we thought that we had changed as, as minorities, as people of color even, we found out that all, you know, that, that not all of it, but a lot of what we fought for, a lot of what we thought was, is not the case. We found out that the hatred of, of black and brown people it not only continues to exist in, in the, and, and in the percentage that it did before, even higher. And now people are bold enough to come out with no consequences and act against people of color in every way, financially, morally, ethically, every way they can find. It's like we're going back to the days when, 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 when slaves and black people had to struggle for freedom. We're just doing it in a, in a, in a more sophisticated time, in a more sophisticated way. And if we do not stand together and recognize and harness the power we have as people, as citizens, as human beings, and use that power of, of unity to demand change in those we put in place to create laws and to make change, then nothing is ever going to change. I'll be having the same conversation with you a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, all because we fail to act, all because we feel that there are more important things to do, get up in the morning, get dressed for work, get the kids to school. You know, yes, I know. At the end of the day, you're exhausted. But if you want better for your children, if you want better for the time you have left on this earth yourself, then you need to start putting pressure on those who make the laws, those we elected by our own hands, by our own votes. And that only comes from unity, not partisan unity, humankind unity, where we stand together because at the end of the day, the basic decencies, the basic considerations that humans want to need, I don't believe that there's any partisanship in that. Remember, power concedes nothing without a demand. I want you to write that down. I want you to look at it every day. I want you to listen to what I just said. I want you to absorb it and understand. Power concedes nothing without a demand. Power concedes nothing without a demand. 
It is time to demand, not as Republicans, not as Democrats, not as blacks, not as white, as human beings. Look at each other like Generation Z does and recognize that the differences are not in the color of our skin, but the differences are in the way we're treated, how people choose to view us, how people choose to, choose to create systems that ensure that we're always oppressed, that there are limitations to our ability to succeed in numbers. The day we start succeeding as human beings, void of any other dynamics, any other considerations, we have arrived. I call on you, I beg of you. Don't sit around anymore. Don't stand around anymore. Don't talk about it. It's time to get up, get moving, and be about it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Your will, not ours, be done. As always, a very special thank you to all my listeners out there. It's amazing to see that so many people that are engaged with the podcast, so many people are listening, and I'm hearing from my supporters and getting encouragement that so many people are looking forward to the TV version. I thank you for your kindness, for your support, for your love, and for simply joining me in this conversation, understanding that even if we have differences in opinion, we are together as one. Remember that you can listen to this episode and every episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to reach me, like to send me a message, if you'd like to share a thought or an experience, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email me, email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Until the next time. Take care of yourselves and each other.